The following sermon is brought to you by ThePreachersVault.com, bringing old-time preaching to a new generation. Our subject for discussion today is a message from the dead. Do the dead communicate with the living? The false and deceitful works of the so-called spiritualists have been many times exposed. Such claims of contacts and communications with the dead have been exposed as frauds and impostors. The Scientific American magazine, which offered $5,000 reward through an investigative committee with the world-famous Mr. Houdini as its head in times past, exposed all mediums who attempted to produce evidence of communications with the dead as fakes and tricksters. The Science and Invention magazine, through its committee under the direction of Mr. Joseph Denninger, offered $21,000 for any trick, phenomenon, or communication with the dead that could not be duplicated or reproduced by ordinary means. All the tricks through the seance, which incidentally is always conducted in the dark, were reproduced or performed by Mr. Dunninger or his committee in the daylight in about one-tenth of the time that it took the fake mediums to fake their performance. There are no communications between the living and the dead. The rich man requested that Lazarus be sent back to his brothers and warned them not to come to that place of torment. He was not content for them to hear Moses and the prophets. He begged, But if one went to them from the dead, they will repent. Luke 16, 19-31 His request was denied, for there is no communication between the living and the dead. My friends, I can tell you that there is a message from the dead. God's spoken word and written word by those who are dead is the only message from the dead that we shall ever hear. The Bible says that dead men speak things through their faith and obedience. Hear these words of inspiration. Are you listening? By faith, Hebrews 11 and 6 makes the declaration that Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By faith, Abel obeyed God as a righteous man. And the Bible says, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. A message from the dead says, Believe and obey the message of Abel. Beloved, do the dead communicate with the living? That is a message from the dead, a most serious, desperate message. Are you willing to hear it? It is a message of repentance. The rich man in Hades, in torment and in anguish, had a burden on his heart. He wanted his brothers, who were still living upon the earth, to repent and not come to that place of torment with him. Yes, a true, meaningful message of repentance. No doubt, one of the great punishments of the unseen realm of Tartarus, of Hades, today, is the memory of those left in the world unprepared to meet God, who must also go to that place of torment unless they repent. Surely, there must be thousands and thousands in Hades who in anguish remember that they left husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, sons, and daughters in the world unprepared to meet God. Surely, 
if that mother or father on the wrong side of the gulf in Hades could only get one message back to that son or daughter, it would be, Son, daughter, you repent. Change. Don't come to this place of torment where I am. Yes, my friends, I have heard men say that they would prefer to follow in the steps of their parents regardless of their destiny. I had a person tell me one time that he would not give up his mother's religion even if he should be lost in hell. What a tragedy. What a tragedy. Today, somebody's mother, somebody's father is in anguish in the unseen realms of Hades remembering the sons and daughters who are not Christians whom they left in the world. My friends, won't you hear me? If that mother or father who is on the wrong side of the gulf in Hades could get a message back to that lost son or daughter, surely it would be, Repent! Change! Don't come to this place of torment. Your mother, your father made a mistake. I beg you, repent! Don't come to this place of torment. The rich man remembered his brothers and his plea was to tell them to repent lest they also come to this place of torment. Luke 16, 27, 31. What a message. A message from the dead? Yes. A message of repentance. I must say to you, beloved, though we love and honor our parents, we cannot afford to follow our parents if they should be wrong. Furthermore, loved ones and Tartarus of Hades do not desire that their loved ones left in the world should follow them to that place of torment. It would be most unreasonable indeed for one to say that is going to follow his parents and profess such a religion simply because of their affection for the parents, just because they didn't do this or they didn't do that. The question is, on which side of the gulf will you spend eternity? But there is another side of that fixed gulf, that is, paradise of Hades where Christ went and where the beggar was comforted in Abraham's bosom. Those in paradise, all the saints of God and all the saved of earth, are comforted and enjoying peace sublime, no doubt, conscious of the fact that they are saved. That is no evidence that those in paradise of Hades could be conscious of one unpleasant thought or an unhappy experience. Surely, that is not one unpleasant memory in paradise. Loved ones, friends, and kindred spirits in paradise are comforted and completely removed from any memory or thought that would mar their happiness. The word paradise itself signifies pleasure or delight. Do the dead communicate with the living? The false and deceitful works of the so-called spiritualists have been exposed many, many times. Beloved, God's Word, spoken and written by those men who have died long ago, is the only message from the dead that we shall ever hear. Obey the will of God and be saved, disobey and be lost. Our Lord declared in Matthew seven twenty one twenty three, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father who is in heaven. And then the Lord pictures the judgment day in that passage. In that day, he says, Some shall say, Lord, did we not prophesy by thy name, cast out demons by thy name, do many mighty works by thy name? 
Then shall I profess unto them, Depart from me that work iniquity, for I never knew you. It will be too late in eternity. It seems that many people in the world, including some preachers, would be happy indeed even if the thief on the cross would come back to the world or send a message from the dead declaring that obedience to the gospel and especially baptism is not essential to salvation. But even if it were possible for the thief on the cross to communicate with the living today, surely the thief whom the Lord did promise, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise, would not contradict the divine command of the Lord when he said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Mark 16:15 and 16. The unbeliever, obviously, could never be saved, even if he were baptized, because the unbeliever cannot please God, as we read in Hebrews 11 and 6. Surely, if the thief on the cross could tell the world today what to do to be saved, he would tell every creature what the Lord said. And the Lord said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That, my friend, is a message from the dead, from the Lord who lived upon this earth, who died and went back to the Father in heaven, before whom some day we shall stand to be judged. My friends, what is hell? Where is hell? Tartarus is hell and Gehenna is hell, but Tartarus and Gehenna are not the same place. Tartarus is the jailhouse of Hades, where the sinners and ungodly and the culprits who disobey the gospel are chained in pits of darkness to be reserved under judgment, the Apostle Peter declared in 2 Peter 2, verse 4. In the morning of the resurrection, on the day of judgment, the prisoners in Tartarus, in the jail of Hades, will be brought before the supreme judge when they will be sentenced to serve the rest of their endless time of eternity in the penitentiary of Gehenna, the eternal hell of punishment in the lake of fire and brimstone, to be tormented day and night forever and ever, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 20, verses 10 through 14, 19 and verse 20. This is the second death, even the lake of fire. The inspiration reveals in Revelation 20, verse 14. The place hell, Gehenna, is the place of final and eternal abode of the damned. The original term, Gehenna, translated hell, is the place of torment for the wicked. The term is used twelve times in the New Testament. Without exception, the word refers to eternal punishment of the wicked. The modernist, infidel, and skeptics may scoff at the idea of hell as an eternal place of torment for the sinner and the ungodly, but hell fire awaits the unsaved. One may as well deny all the Bible and pronounce it as a fraud as to attempt to deny this authoritative teaching of the Word of God. It would be well to meditate upon the following Scriptures, Revelation 20, 15, 21, 8, and chapter 14, verses 9 through 11. Many times the question is asked, since the Bible refers to fire so frequently, is hell a place of literal fire? Obviously, 
It cannot be concluded that fire, with reference to hell, the eternal punishment, is a literal fire as we know it. Some would choose to call the term fire a symbolic term, evidence of the terrible punishment to be experienced in hell. If fire is symbolic, then the punishment will be even greater than the literal fire, which we know because a reality is always greater than the symbol. The fire of hell will be everlasting, the Bible says, flaming, the Bible says, consuming, causing weeping and gnashing of teeth, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched, the Bible says. Surely there can be no greater torment conveyed to the mind of man than that of everlasting fire. Even the literal fire we know today is most painful and unbearable. We can hardly conceive of greater and more agonizing torture than that of fire. But if the fire of hell, which will never go out, will unmercifully torture the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and liars, which shall have their part in the lake that burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death, the Bible says in Revelation 21 and 8, surely no one would want to go to hell. The day of judgment will be a day of destruction for the sinner and ungodly. Hear the apostle. Are you listening? But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Second Peter 3, 7. And again, and to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with His mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. Second Thessalonians 1, 7 and 9. My friends, destruction on that dreadful day does not mean annihilation. God created man, and he breathed into him the breath of life, the ego of God, if you please. And man became a living soul. The soul of man never dies. God cannot, consistent with his own character, annihilate man, his creation. But man may suffer destruction from the face of the Lord. The venerable apostle Paul wrote, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. As a man lives, he dies. And as he dies, so is he judged and will be raised for the judgment sentence on the resurrection day. There is no change in the grave. Only then it will be too late. My friends, there will be no repentance and forgiveness in eternity after death. Now, your life is a life of preparation, of probation, of trial, of choice. Every man is deciding his own destiny, bringing judgment upon himself for eternity. Some will suffer evil consequences now for the wicked deeds done. But the full reward of eternal punishment for the wicked will be pronounced at the judgment. The righteous may enjoy the fruits of good and faithful works now, but the full rewards for the faithful can only be experienced in eternity after judgment. My friends, there will be no change in the grave nor in Hades, as already pointed out. That holds, if you please, 
The grave only holds the body, which will decay. The soul is reserved in Hades until the day of judgment. At death, preparation and probation are forever past. Too late to repent in Hades. It was too late for the rich man of Luke chapter 16. He was anxious that his brothers repent before death, but it was too late for him. Beloved, that is a beautiful, happy, peaceful place of comfort on the other side of that fixed gulf, the paradise of Hades, where Christ went and where the beggar was comforted in Abraham's bosom. Those in paradise, all the saints of God and all the saved of earth, are comforted and joined peace sublime, no doubt conscious of the fact that they are saved. There is no evidence that those in paradise of Hades could be conscious of one unpleasant thought or unhappy experience. Surely there is not one unpleasant memory in paradise. Loved ones, friends and kindred spirits in paradise are comforted and completely removed from anything that would cause displeasure. The message from paradise of Hades is one of comfort, joy, and fellowship. The beggar was comforted in Abraham's bosom, close fellowship with God's great man of faith. What a blessing was the death of the beggar from rags to riches in the eternal kingdom of God, from pain and hunger to eternal joy and rest in the paradise of God. The message of the death of the saints of God who shall ultimately go home to be with our Lord and Savior, is to rest in his bosom of tenderness and bask in the sunlight of his love. And truly, it is a message of comfort. When referring to this great and glorious event in 1 Thessalonians 4, the inspired apostle said, Comfort one another.